Hey, we're Dury, and you're listening to We Podcast, and we know things, but we don't really know things, but they know things. So listen up. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to August 2023's edition of We Podcast, and we know things where we recap all of the month's nerdy news. My name is Greg Hall, and alongside of me is almost always the best damn voice in the business, Sam Matura. Bring back Bionicles. Yeah, right. So <laughs> yeah, if you have not listened to our Dury interview, please do that now and the context will be there for you. However, before we get into tonight's episode, just want to give a quick uh, disclaimer. You might like be looking at this episode and be like, whoa, they only did an hour. They proclaimed on social media to have so much stuff to talk about this month. Yet again, Zencaster has decided to scaru us because we're recording on the 31st of August, not the 1st of September, because I did a bonus episode with Dury. Uh, we are we are now only allowed two hours of recording a month, not per episode. So that's fan friggin tastic. So we have to do an entire podcast in just 63 minutes. So apologies in advance if it feels like we're rushing or going fast. We already cut out a bunch of stories and uh, we're going to deliver you the goods, but just a lot faster than normal. We're gonna you best it. Yeah, we're going to do what you've been up to. We're going to do movies in the uh, to start off the show tonight. We got a ton of impressions there. The impressions continue into TV with like Ahsoka and One Piece. And oh, by the way, Barbie and Blue Beetle and TMNT Mutant Mayhem in the movies in gaming PlayStation made a pretty massive mistake in the past couple of days. We'll talk about that. They have announced what their official project Q is called. That little, uh, that dual sense with the big screen in the middle, the dual sense taped to a Nintendo switch uh, that only runs on the internet. And we'll talk more about that as that has a price and a release date. Super Mario brothers wonder had a direct and a whole bunch of release dates and other uh, cool things happening in the world of gaming before we ended off in music with some impressions to one of our favorite bands dropped a new album bearings our boys in the bearings band we'll talk about their new record but let's start where we customarily do sam what you've been up to things i watched so i finally finished the first season of jujitsu kaisen that's uh the new anime that's i don't know, i guess it's been blowing up they just got second season just been airing and I've recently been hooked. I think the first season was 24 episodes. They have everything on Crunchyroll. That's like $8 a month I've been paying. Um, but it's about this like secret organization of jujitsu sorcerers. And basically this guy eats this powerful curse. And if he eats enough of them, I believe the guy can take over his body. So they're trying to build him up to kind of kill this guy because he was like the strongest sorcerer around. So I'm interested in the story. So far, so good. Story number two. I finished um, Justified City Primeval. The final episode aired on Wednesday, I believe, on Hulu. And I'm not going to say it was as good as the OG Justified because it, it, it just it wasn't the whole cast. It was just Raylan Givens, Timothy Oliphant. It was still a good show. I, I still enjoyed it. It was eight episodes. Um, the bad guy was Boyd Holbrook. He's been, I think, he was in the Wolverine movie. He was okay. He was the the big baddie. Timothy Oliphant, he's always good at Raylan Givens. It's just, I missed kind of just the, the whole cast, the whole vibe. It was just different. It, it took place in a completely different city in, in Detroit, and it's, it's it just took me a little bit to, to get used to. But he was phenomenal. However, if you did watch the final episode, there was a nice tag on the end. I'm not going to spoil it, but I'm just saying the entire time, I just had a big, stupid smile on my face, and it 
that, that that's really all I needed. Yeah, it was just even though I knew it was happening, it was just so great to see. And we'll wait and find out if if this kind of gets a season two or what what have you, because they definitely left it open. So I'm curious to see what they do there. So let me know what you guys think if you guys saw Justified Cine Primeval. And the last one I have for the things I watched, I did finish the final three episodes of The Witcher. I will say it was the worst season of all three. It was, it, it, it was, I think they're, they made a huge mistake of splitting these episodes up. I do not think they should have waited an extra month for these last three episodes. It, it just wasn't that good to, to wait. Yeah, you had some great action in episode, I think it was, what, six, that the first one that came out. It was some, a great fight scene with Henry. Awesome. But that was it. Other than that, I, I thought it was slow as shit, and it was, the, it was the worst season by far. It does not look good for Liam Hemsworth for taking over in season four, because I I really don't even want to watch it, if I'm honest. I mean, if, if it was the last season of Henry, you think it's go out with a bang? No, it was the worst one, season four. And, and from what I see, the ratings weren't there, the viewership. So I won't be surprised. I, I guess they won't cancel. There's probably way too much money involved. But I, I can't see it getting that much love. But How about you, brother? What have you been up to? Uh, I got to interview my favorite band. And so I've been talking about Dury the last couple episodes. And so I got to have them on the podcast. And so if you haven't heard that, again, uh, bonus episode as soon as this one's done that one will start playing in your feed as a matter of fact you heard them in the opening uh so there's that um they are a phenomenal band from minneapolis minnesota brother sister wife and drummer dane uh they will be in philadelphia in december i'll be there with keith malashevsky as of war room philly we talked about a ton we talked about bionicles and legos and nintendo 64 and indie bands and DIY and all of the great things that we usually cover in an interview. And it was a ton of fun to talk to Austin and Taryn, brother and sister from Derry. So check that interview out. My wife and I have really been concentrating on one show and one show only. Uh, we got done. Basically, we caught up on everything. And I have been asking for years and years and years, I think since 2018 or 19. Honey, can you please watch Sex Education with me on Netflix? It's so good. Hmm. Well, the final season is in just a few weeks, September 21st. Matter of fact, Sam and I will be on vacation together the day this comes out, um, the final season. And so I said, honey, please just try it. And we tried it once before and she just wasn't there. Um, and I get why. And so we tried it again and she's hooked. And that's fantastic. It's one of my favorite shows. It's one of my favorite shows on Netflix. I love all three seasons. We just I think we only have four episodes left to we're all caught up or i should say she's all caught up i I am lucky enough to have watched this show since it dropped so it is phenomenal a high school student starts a sex clinic with his friend mave who he is very much in love with at their high school and oh by the way his mother is also a sex therapist which is where he gets all of his knowledge except he's a virgin and hijinks ensue uh so sex education on netflix extremely highly recommended watch and then two more things for me uh I watched I, I, every year, both in season and training camp. I love Hard Knocks. Uh, it's it's kind of sucked the past couple of years since the pandemic when they did the 2020 version with the Rams and Chargers and all of the COVID restrictions and this, that, and the third. It just wasn't as enjoyable. And then last year, the Detroit Lions happened, and Dan Campbell's a psychopath, their head coach. Uh, they do move to th- three preseason games, which does take a little bit of the shine out since that's a training camp kind of preseason show. But the team themselves was a lot of fun this year. 
Who gets featured? Well, the New York Jets. And who's on the New York Jets, you might ask? Aaron Rodgers. And of course, it's the Aaron Rodgers show. But I have to admit, this season's hard knocks, while revolving very heavily around Aaron Rodgers, they've done a really good job of making making it engaging, making it fun again. And this is probably my favorite season of hard knocks since like the Dolphins in like 2016 or maybe even the Browns in 2018. I think that was probably my favorite with Baker Mayfield and Hugh Jackson. But I have really enjoyed this season of Hard Knocks. There's one more episode this Tuesday at 10 p.m. If you don't know, they're very much like South Park. They use footage and are editing up until the show airs. And so you were getting it hot off the presses. That's why it's 10 o'clock on a Tuesday night. They use footage up until like six o'clock, seven o'clock that night. And they throw it in the episode. Liev Shriver, fantastic narrator. He is the voice of God, as we all know, in Hard Knocks world. So uh, football season is upon us one week from today. Chiefs, Lions, kickoff, Eagles, 10 days from now. So Hard Knocks, a yearly tradition. And then another documentary on Max sprouting from the Hard Knocks popularity, BS High. Uh, This has been making the rounds a little bit. It just kind of came out, but it's all about Bishop Sycamore, this team that was featured on ESPN last year um, in a Canton Hall of Fame game against IMG Academy, which is like the number one or one of the top five high school kind of prep athletic programs in the country. And they got brutally destroyed because they're a fake team with a fake coach who set up a fake school and got it all the way through, not only to ESPN, but was able to play top competition. And then he is like, he didn't get arrested for it because technically he didn't commit fraud for that. But then there's a whole bunch of other things where uh, he got arrested for like domestic violence and all this other stuff. But he is the subject of the documentary he's there he does interviews the whole time you're you're interviewing him and you're like what's he lying about is he he's so pompous he's so arrogant um but it's so engaging you cannot stop watching and if you remember bishop sycamore over the past few years max has just a wonderful documentary about them bs high bullshit high but also also bishop sycamore high i really think there was Something to that naming convention, but some really good docs out on uh, Max. Also, quick shout out to telemarketers. It's a really good documentary. I'm just not done it, so I can't really fully talk about it. But again, Max has just been crushing it lately. That's what you've been up to. That's what I've been up to. I'm ready to start talking some movies. Sam, how about you? Let's dive in. Let's get your impressions of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Yep. So saw that in theaters, I think. It might have been 3D or IMAX. I forget what the hell which one I picked. But I I did not expect to like it as much as I did. Um, the animation is very, you know, uh, Spider-Verse, uh, Miles Morales, very in that vein. This kind of brought to you by Seth Rogen, his partner, Evan Goldberg. Um, and it was good. It, it was a good movie. One minor nitpick of the movie, um, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, I, I, I guess I, I, you know, you wanted more like the, the karate stuff and they kind of just kind of threw, threw that on to like, kind of like reminded me of, was that a uh, movie with Sean William Scott, um, uh, Bulletproof Monk. Oh God. Where <laughs> I was where about to say evolution, his... American pie. What are you talking about here? So where he got his martial arts goes is he watched Kung Fu movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's basically what they did here. And I was like, oh, okay, like I saw it before. So I was I was a little let down there. 
But besides that, that was like my major nitpick of it. But other than that, I thought the entire cast, I thought it was fantastic. I thought the animation was was beautiful. The music was good. And I, you know, again, of course, mid credit scene, they, they set it up perfect. You know, I, I assume it's going to get a sequel. I assume it made enough money. I'm doing a quick check. $70 million budget. And worldwide, it's at 137.6. So, I, you know, I'm sure we're going to get a sequel. But uh, what do you think? Was, it has a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. Was it funny? I, I did laugh. I'm not going to say all the jokes hit, but I did I did definitely laugh a few times. Were the villains? But I wasn't laughing at every single joke, no. Were, were the villains worth it? I, I like that they didn't just, you know, hit you with Shredder. You got, like, I, you got Rocksteady Shredder, yeah. Yeah, you know, like, I, I'm glad you kind of went with someone like that. We, we, I've never, can't remember besides the cartoon, seeing this guy. Mm-hmm. And how did the voice acting land? I thought it was funny. The only uh, turtle I knew, well, we I know we both knew, was the Brady Noon. Mm-hmm. He was the, the kid actor from um, the Mighty Ducks, the Game Changers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, the, he, lead he was the main character. Yeah, I can't. So again, you know, I, I wanted the, you know, I would, I would have loved to see a little more Jackie Chan. It was funny, little Post Malone's little as Ray Fillet. I, I thought that was kind of funny. Like his lines, I did kind of laugh for. Yeah. Um, what about? So my biggest question going into this, and I've been very, very, very vocal on this podcast. My least favorite show about, or my least favorite part about the bear is Sydney because I think her actor completely overacts, and I just don't buy her as a character. Well, Ao Adi, what is it? Adibiri, she voices who is Sydney. She yep. voices April O'Neil. Does that yep. same Sydney come through uh, to April O'Neil, or do you kind of feel like she brought the character to life? I mean, I feel like she was exactly as the character. She was like that nerdy high school character, and I, I thought she, you know, she, you know, sounded maybe similar to the bear. You know, that like quirkiness about her. Like that was definitely still there. Yeah. It's what a wild cast, man. Maya Rudolph, John Cena, Seth Rogen, Rose Byrne, Giancarlo Esposito, Jackie Chan, Ice Cube, Paul Rudd, Post Malone, Hannibal Burris. Like, could you get better? <laughs> I mean, like, at least more star studded. I think the only animated movie that comes to mind that is kind of vying for that title is Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, and, and you had a freaking Mr. Beast. There's a freaking cameo on Times Square. Like, I was like, what the hell? Like, they just, there was a lot of shit going on in this movie. Yeah. Seth Rogen uh, did himself. Did himself a good, and I and I've only it's, heard good things about the movie. It's not like I've heard anything bad. Yeah, I mean, most of it's like people he's all worked with prior, so it was like it looks like he's just working with his buddies. Yeah, so like that's like got to be the dream gig, especially like Rose Byrne. Like they they work yep. together constantly. So yeah, I'm definitely excited to eventually see it. It's it's on my extremely short list. I would say Oppenheimer is number one, and then this is number two. Uh, so very very excited, and I'm sure by the time we record in September, I will have seen it. But a movie that is not on my radar. Um, and I don't know if it ever will be, but I know you've seen it. Blue Beetle. What did you think of that DC, the latest DC film? Yeah. And like I always tell you guys, I always try to go out in theater, support DC, Marvel, whatever. And of course, Blue Beetle is no different. I, you know, I was familiar with the character, but a lot of people who you know, don't maybe read comics or if you really didn't watch uh, Young Justice or anything like that, you may not even know who the hell this Blue Beetle is. But, you know, Zolo... Marduena, the I guy from Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai, who is also so like he, a rapper. He did a he did a freaking yeah, freestyle on Sway show. Yo, and I I watched it. and I was like, yo, my my man's got bars. I, I was like, okay, Zolo. I mean, like, does he? 
<laughs> they were, I, they were I, okay. I, Better than me, clearly. I mean, so. That dude, I, yo, the fact that he just, I can't come up with nothing on the fly. He did that. Yo, they kudos. Know, but they know they're going on the show. It's not a true freestyle. They clearly have I don't. Hey, out. Come on he, now, he still brother. kept it going. Shit, if you can go hey, longer brother. than 10 seconds, you know, you're, you're good in my book. Yeah, I'm, I'm in with it. I'm good with it. But he, he was good, man. Like, I, I think he, the experience he got on Cobra Kai definitely helped him. Obviously, we know the first you know couple seasons, the acting may have been a little rough, but I felt like he found his footing. And honestly, that this was like the like the family film. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, George Lopez was a little wacky for me. He was probably like my least favorite out of the entire cast. But Susan Sarandon was, was pretty good for what she was given. Um the, the grandma, she was actually pretty badass. Like she, she had a couple funny moments. I ain't gonna lie, but I, I could definitely. See, yeah, it's 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 got legs. It's people were saying it's gonna bomb. It's not even gonna make its budget right now. It had a budget of one hundred four million. It's at eighty four point four. They said it's projected to go over the budget in theaters, and then obviously it's gonna make money. You know, rentals, you know, Blu rays, DVDs, what have you. But it it was good. It it, it stood on its own. It didn't, you know, you didn't have to have all these million cameos. And I, I don't, I, I consider it a win. I, I still think people, DC gets a, a bad rap. I feel like more people deserve to see this movie. They're not, they're not giving it a fair shake. I mean, a, bl- a movie called Blue Beale, you're like, ah. But for uh, Rotten Tomatoes, it's got a 78%. And I, that's probably right around what I gave the movie. I think I actually gave it a 7.9 if, if memory serves. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good for, for not being your big, your top three heroes. Kind of, this is like, I'm not going to say it's like Guardians of the Galaxy, but like they, they pulled like an obscure character and to, to, to make it be popular, I think it's already going to make more than um, Shazam 2, Fury of the Gods, which is a damn shame. But I don't know. I, I, I liked it. It was surprisingly better than I thought. And the special effects, dude, they were better than The Flash. It's like, how does a movie with a $104 million budget have better special effects than the flash would have had like 250 million it makes no damn sense but movie was two hours mid-credit scene i i hope i hope we see more blue beetle because you know there's definitely more stories to be told and if dc does introduce booster gold and it only makes perfect sense to kind of continue this storyline yeah and a big win for um like what's the word i'm looking for big win for you know uh, representation, obviously, with the with the Latino community being really, you know, oh, behind course, this and course. having like a big Latino superhero, I, I love that. So big win there, and I think this is like you said, another movie where it'll probably pick up some legs in the streaming world, in the digital world, for those who just don't want to go spend forty dollars to go see a movie in theaters, minimum, unless you go on a Tuesday afternoon. It's just like yeah. the movies are expensive, like everything is nowadays. So I think people are probably going to wait on this one, and it'll. It, it may do a little bit better than break even, but this is probably considered a win because remember this movie was not originally a theatrical release. This movie was a max release and they switched it, which is oftentimes we see the opposite and so yeah. to have this movie say, all right, no, we're going to go theatrical. We have the confidence in it. And again, for the representation piece of it, I, I love all the aspects and the, and the confidence that they had to do it. I really wish we would see, uh, what was it? Wonder Girl or Supergirl or what was it? Batgirl? Stargirl? No, Batgirl, I think it was. Stargirl. Oh, the movie that they canceled? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, where's that? Yeah. That could probably have done a similar thing, a feel-good story. This is a good – it's a win. It's a, Overall, it's a win for DC because it is not a bomb like Flash or like Shazam. Like, this is nice because it was a mid-level hero at best who's 
starting to assert himself a little bit there in I won't say the upper echelon of DC heroes, but when you have a better reputation and in most ways, in some ways outperform films like the flash and Shazam and black Adam, you kind of got a good thing rolling here. And so again, to your point, the future could be bright for blue beetle. And again, it's, it might not be on my list necessarily, but when it comes to max eventually uh, we'll see because you never know. I might be bored one night. It's great to hear though. Uh, Barbie. I saw Barbie. I said we were going to have Barbenheimer closed off. We're going to close the loop on this. You saw Oppenheimer, talked about it last week. I saw Barbie in theaters. I'll talk about it this month. I said week. I should have said month. Uh, what a wild mother effing film. What a mind melt. Um, this movie, I, I try not to curse as much as I used to on this podcast, but I am going to right now. Part of my language, three, two, one. It's a motherfucking mind fuck. That's what this movie is. You could you could walk in and when you were waiting for the movie to start, be handed a piece of paper with 100 blank lines on it and say, write 100 things you think this movie is going to be. You will never get it right. It is wild. My parents saw it in theaters <laughs> and my dad's oh, wow. my mom was like, I did not expect that. And my dad said, you know, it wasn't bad. And I was like, that's kind of the the vibe I, I have about it. It was not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. It was not this. It was not this like revolutionary film that broke every fourth wall and convention and all this stuff like that. Yeah, they break the fourth wall a ton, uh, but it was fun. It was flat out a fun movie and totally worth seeing. It's a movie where you kind of got to see it for yourself. It's almost like the cultural zeitgeist. you got to see it to have said you've seen it. And that's why I think, you know, it became the most popular movie at Alamo draft house history where it just passed Endgame, And it's broken a billion dollars at the box office because of the cultural zeitgeist surrounding it. There was a moment in time of the last month and a half where you couldn't go anywhere without seeing promotional material for this movie. Um, that's kind of obviously died down as the movie's moving off of the theatrical run, but it's getting an IMAX re-release like next weekend or some bullshit just because it's such a cultural phenomenon. And again, no matter what you think, you are wrong in terms of predicting the plot. I'm not even going to pretend to. I will just say Margot Robbie, phenomenal. Ryan Gosling, really, really good. Kate McKinnon, I don't like her. She was actually really fun in this role. I, I can't name a Kate McKinnon role that I think is good. And she actually did a really nice job. And speaking of sex education, Emma Mackey, um, who plays Maeve, the guy who plays Adam and the guy who plays Eric, all in that show, all in this movie. So clearly uh, Greta Gerwig was like, you know, I watch sex education. I'm going to cast every single main character except for Asa Butterfield. And I want them all to be in my movie. And John Cena is in it as Ken and Michael Sarah is in it as Alan, the not Ken. And he's hilarious because he just kind of shows up um, and like, uh, I don't want to spoil it again. You got to kind of see it to believe it. And then like Ryan Gosling, he's like, my job that I'm good at is beach. I'm good at beach. And it's like, yeah, that's what they do. They just are beach. Um, Will Ferrell's pretty funny. The only weird thing I have to say about it is. Obviously, it's a fourth wall breaker. Obviously, it's not meant to be taken seriously. But the way, if you remember Elf, the way Elf get, or Buddy the Elf gets to New York by crossing the Gumdrop Mountains and this, that, and the other, and saying hello to the Narwhal, and this—that's the exact same way to get from Barbie World to the real world. And like anyone can do it at any time, and it's super simple, and it's just kind of a little bit uh, convenient. 
that's it. It's just a minor gripe. Who cares? Otherwise, I thought it was super fun, totally worth seeing, and uh, I won't ever see it again. But I'm glad that I did. So uh, those are our impressions in the movie section. Let's get to a couple pieces of news. The Flash, we talked about it already, is on Max right now, so you can go watch it for yourself. However, it has not only bombed in theaters, it is bombing currently on the service. It had fewer streams in its debut first couple weeks than even Black Adam did. This movie is falling fast out of the consciousness of America. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I read that it was probably Warner Brothers, one of their biggest bombs ever. You figure this movie had a $220 million budget. They only made 268 worldwide. That's not including the probably 200 plus they did on marketing. So they are they are losing millions. Yeah. And you know what? Shame. What what did you expect? Keeping Ezra, not delaying it, all of the things that happened. People, the consumer is smarter today than we were 20 years ago, 10 years ago, even five years ago. We can keep up with the news. We know things now that we didn't before. And like reputations matter and all the other things that went into this. Plus superhero fatigue is just so real. The MCU blows right now. It's just horrible. So all of this shit is just finally coming to a halt. Um, but yeah, it's a shame. It is a shame, You're, you, but you are right in saying that. Uh, not only Sony, but Warner Brothers made some massive shifts to their release calendar. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to recap all of them across both companies, and then we can touch on whatever we want to touch on. Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. It was going to open March 29th of next year. That will no longer happen. Uh, the new date is expected to come soon, but we don't have it. I don't think um, it may have dropped in the last day or so, and I just missed it, but I don't believe so. A sequel to Ghostbusters Afterlife was pushed from 2023 Christmas, December 20th of this year to March 29th of next year. A Karate Kid reboot was pushed from June 7th, 2024 to December 13th, 2024. They Listen is now undated after originally being August 30th, 2024. Uh, but it's not all bad news. Dakota Johnson's uh, Madame Webb, the Spider-Man spinoff, is now Valentine's Day 2024, two days up from February 16th. So, you know, hmm. you can watch it 48 hours earlier. Venom 3 also got a release date for July 12th, 2024. And Bad Boys 4 is set for June 14th, 2024. All of that is to say, let's not forget about Craven. Uh, Craven the Hunter planned for August 30th, 2024. Uh, I'm sorry, planned for October 6th of this year. Now August 30th, 2024, a 10-month delay for Craven. Obviously, a lot of the weight being the hottest part for all of this is the SAG after after strikes. But again, like I said, Sony, not the only one to make massive changes. Warner Brothers also delaying Dune uh, until March of 2024, which was supposed to come out this year, 2023. It'll now be March 15th. Godzilla versus Kong, the new empire has shifted to April 12th of next year. The Lord of the Rings movie, I can't remember the rest of the title, uh, was supposed to be April of 2024, now December of 2024. So some massive, massive, massive shifts in the release calendar. Again, it's kind of out of our hands. This strike is wild and the writer strike still ongoing. Doesn't seem to be an end in sight here. And I wouldn't be shocked, Sam, if this is not the only massive shift to some release schedules coming up soon. Oh no, and especially they just denied their second, I guess, attempt. That again, I don't know what they're what they're thinking about stupid AI shit. Just pay people the money, 
get the, you know, there, there's like streaming services. It's like the wild, wild west out here. Give people the credit they deserve. If not, dude, this is going to be, this ain't, this, the strike's going to continue. And next year, movies, they're just going to keep getting canceled. It's going to be 2020 all over again where everyone, everything gets keep pushed to the following year. There's going to be more delays. And, and I can promise you, we did not see the last of delays. They're still going to come. You are correct. This reminds me very much of 2020. Like we just went through all this stuff and now it's happening again. I wonder if any companies will be creative like they were back then and shift releases to home and, you know, like Max doing same day release. Do they go back to that strategy for some titles and things like that? I just wonder if that will come back into play to help the consumer who is quite frankly destroyed by this. Yes, the workers and yes, the actors, they deserve fair treatment, but at the same time, the customer, us, we are also hurt because now our favorite movies that we've been looking forward to, you see a nep- like Craven. Craven's going to suck, but whatever. We're, we're going to see it. Ten months is a mega long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not even in concrete because this thing might go on much longer. Who knows? There's no end in sight to it. So, yeah, agree. We have 34 minutes left in the show. I got to admit, we're going better than I thought. We should be able to make it through everything, but... I do want to move into the television section again. We're speed running this episode. We only had 63 minutes, so let's not waste any more time. Sam, we have two sets of impressions for television. I'm going to let you go on this one because I couldn't give a shit. What did you think of Ahsoka? Ahsoka, so they released the first three episodes out of eight, I think. Yeah, two dropped at once and then episode three next week will be four. And I I just thought it was okay. Yeah. It didn't blow me out of this. You know, I again, I, I expect a little bit more, especially the first episode was directed by Dave Filoni. But I have heard big things about episode five. That's the other episode Dave Filoni directed. So waiting for that. But again, I understand they're setting it up um, like someone first, like someone like me. I didn't watch Star Wars Rebels. So I'm definitely missing a lot of, you know, Easter right. eggs. And I, I know I'm missing some stuff. There, there's no doubt about it. But they're 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 kind of holding your hand a little bit, kind of explaining everything. And so far, I I think I understand everything. It just I'm still waiting for the build up. It's you know it's a little sad sad to see Ray Stevenson. You know he he passed about a, um, a couple weeks ago. Um, he's a great actor. Loved him in Rome. He was in Dexter. Fantastic actor. So you you got to see a little bit of him. So I can't wait to see a little bit more. They're obviously you know. Tease in the Grand Admiral Thrawn. We didn't see him yet. Little minor spoilers. You did not see him yet, which I, I like. Wait a little bit, especially if the rumor is true and the movie's coming out. There's going to be the next trilogy. He's going to be the big bad, which makes sense because he's probably the next big thing in Star Wars. Um, but um, Rosario Dawson, she's good. She's still herself. I I, I feel like as more we go, it, it'll hopefully she'll. I don't. Know, I just want to see more from her because everyone puts her on a pedestal. And like she's just badass, like, show me. I, you know, you showed me a little bit. I want to see more now. You know, they introduced Sabine Wren. This is, to me, my first time seeing her because I never watched the shows prior. And, and anything that's not, you know, no Palpatine, nothing like that. Hopefully he doesn't return again. But he might. God only knows. <laughs> but so far, I'm, I'm enjoying this world. You know, I didn't see no Skywalkers yet, nothing like that. So I'm still, you know, enjoying this ride. It's I it, in Dave Filoni we trust. This is it was his baby. I have no doubt it's going to be good. I just I, I have big things for Grand Admiral Thorn because I've never seen him in animation. I don't know what he's like. He's supposed to be this this genius tactician, brilliant, best mind in the battle. So it's like oh, okay, 
they got to show me now because I, I'm not going to go back and watch six seasons of of Rebels to in time to watch the show. I, that that ship sailed. But so far, I, it's like a seven out of ten for me. I'm you know I hate to be the IGN seven out of ten, but like I'm I'm there. I'm hanging on. It just didn't it didn't move me like Mandalorian season one did. In but so far, we'll see. In their defense, yes, it is. You have to like uh, find that balance of. give enough context for viewers who have not seen rebels and also serve the people that had to where you're not slowing down the story to a halt or retelling the same thing. So yes, that is a delicate balance to strike and I give them credit for trying. However, they could have done a million things, a million things to help offset that number one being release some sort of pre-release mini episode or graphic novel or something to do something to catch us up on the story. So then when they can dive in and not waste time, that's something I like when comic book movies do or like video games where they just do a quick something pre-release to kind of catch you up. So you don't have to waste time going into the story. Yeah. But again, and uh, you know, I'm not envious of their position of having to, to be on that delicate tightrope. Yeah. And I, I like your girl, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. She plays her. So yeah. far, I like her character. Her and Sabina, I, I actually really like. So this is like a very female-led cast. And, you know, so far, so good. Just I, I, I want to see some some pickup. I heard um, we will see um, Anakin Skywalker. So maybe we'll see him in Episode 5 with Dave Filoni. To me, that makes the most sense. So I'm, I'm hoping for big things. Speaking of a delicate tightrope to walk for fans new and old, it feels like it's been announced a long time ago. We've been waiting forever, almost like The Last of Us. Like It felt mm-hmm. like it's been announced forever. We've waited so long, and now it's just here, and all episodes are out. Uh, and we have seen them. We both have impressions for this one. So this one's a big one. One Piece is now available, the live-action Netflix adaptation, and we have both watched um, to varying degrees. And so let's talk a little bit about that. We have some time to kind of breathe and talk through it neither one of us are one piece anime fans am i right in saying that i've never seen one episode yeah okay good so we both go in this without the context i've seen one episode i tried to do more as a little bit of a precursor but i just couldn't get there i know that people say it's the greatest thing since sliced bread i was just like f it i'm gonna wait for the live action see what that does for me and so I did. And in the first two minutes of turning on episode one, I saw Gordo Stevens from For All Mankind. I see Adam from Yellow Jackets. And I'm like, well, this is a good place to be. But I'll stop here. I'll let you go first. Sam, what did you think? Spoiler free, please. Of One Piece's live action Netflix adaptation. So I I actually finished it. I banged all eight episodes out. Um, again, not knowing anything from the anime. Jumping in blind, it was a nice surprise. The first thing I hear is Ian McShane's voice as the oh, narrator. Yeah, that kind of just, that? I'm sorry, yeah. just put just put a little stupid smile on my face. Just yeah, they they know how to get me, and it worked. <laughs> uh, but I'm not gonna lie, I I like this again more than I thought I was going to. I I've been seeing a lot of people um, kind of shitting on it. I guess these are probably more of the diehard um, the manga purist. Yeah, you know, just. You know, just not having faith that the trailers, I get it. You know, the tra- even though the trailer, I, I did it, I liked it better than I thought. The one, one minor thing, this could just be me, the main character was my least favorite character. 
Monkey D. Luffy, and you didn't like him? You didn't like Monkey him? Monkey D. I don't like his name, Monkey. I mean, come on. We can't come up better than the Monkey. Inaki Godoy, I think, or Godoy. Yeah, that's yeah. him. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, like, I, I thought he was okay. It's just his powers. It's just, to me, that's boring. It's like, you're just Mr. Fantastic. So I was it, kind it, of I, I was kind of at a little loss that when you see it for the first time like oh that that is that's cool that has potential but at the same time he outside of natural causes and old age is literally unkillable because even a club mm-hmm. or a sword was being like absorbed into him as opposed to like and I was just like that that kind of defeats and takes out all of the tension for me when you have the big woman from Sex Life of College Girls swinging a duck club at him and he's just like nah I'm good so um it, that took a little bit of the suspense out for me to know, oh, he's going to be okay no matter what. Um, but again, and I would probably agree of all the main characters, he's probably the weakest for me, but because I have nothing to compare him to, it's not like I'm like, oh, he's not the monkey do Luffy. I know if this was Yusuke, yeah. well, maybe yeah. we have a different argument, but he was fine. But uh, yeah, you're right. Everybody else kind of shown a little bit brighter. Yeah. I mean like Zoro, that that's my dude. He was actually in the live action Roni Kenshin movie. So I was like pretty shocked to see him. Um, I thought he was cool. his. He's got, think, a lot of guy. he's got a lot of Hiei energy to him. Yeah, I, I could definitely see that. And you know, as the se- as obviously the season goes, obviously each character kind of gets their own origin story, their own backstory, and you, you kind of understand why they are the way they are. And you know, I, I, again, I, I I thought they had good chemistry. Special effects, you know, it was hit and miss. Yep. Some were good, some were bad. Yep. And it, it, I get it, Mister Fantastic. It's tough to do all those moves. It just <laughs> I know I was just kind of bored with it. You know, it didn't like a lot of it was predictable. Um, so, I mean, I, maybe this is why the anime people maybe and manga people, maybe that's why they didn't like it. I think maybe it was too exact to the manga. I, I could be wrong. I, I, this is just what I've been seeing post on, on Instagram and stuff. That's also the argument of you're trying to shove so much into eight episodes. Yep. And so true. The, the overarching... it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be 10 episodes. Yeah. I did read that. The overarching theme I've read from major outlets, at least is that this show shines much more when it doesn't go down the exact same path as the manga and, and anime, when it kind of does its own original thing, it just doesn't do it enough. But again, as somebody without with zero context as to what happens in the story, I don't know when that's supposed to be a thing or when it's not. Um, yeah, you know. So I, I just I've gone along for the ride. The only thing I'll say to add is, to me, while I have enjoyed it more than I thought, and while I thought it's it's been a pretty good show, it won't end up anywhere near my top three, at least from what I've seen so far. The episodes feel their length; they just kind of don't end. Um, and so they just, they feel really long and it's not that oh, I'm their bored. hour. Yeah, I know. But like, they feel it like some shows that shit flies. The other shows, yeah. it, it felt like every episode so far was episode four of the, the last of us with Kathleen. And you're just like, Oh my fucking God. Um, but I, you know, it's not a bad thing because I'm enjoying what's on the screen. I'm just waiting for like the credits. And then there's two more scenes and three more scenes and four more scenes. I'm like, Oh my fucking God. Uh, when is this going to end? But again, not a bad not in a bad I, way. They just kind of feel the I, length at times. I definitely have to jump in and say I I love Jeff Ward as Buggy the Clown. He's my favorite he part. Was in, no, hands down, no matter what. He to me is Crab Feeder. I just want more. Yeah, he he was in um, Agents of Shield, and to, to see him kind of play like a clown Joker esque has it has a nice Joker laugh the whole bit, and he he shows up throughout the the show. So yeah. I, every time you see him, you just you're, you're I was smiling coming so off I just thought of he sweet, was really good in the role. Coming off of Sweet Tooth too, like we're we're in heavy yeah. clown villain mode right now, and I like his 
his power, I guess, if you will, he can kind of reanimate himself. And, and when they do fight him early on in the show, I love the creative solution behind that and how that kind of comes to fruition. So I think there's some fun to be had here. Um, it is totally stylized. It is totally, uh, at times lacking context, but you get it. They are after the one piece treasure. They are not uh, happy with the Marines and you're going to see a lot of his, you know, monkey D Luffy's backstory of how he became to love pirates and his love of, I forget shacks or Shakesy or whomever Adam from yellow jackets, the red haired pirates. Yep. Um, and so like you just see his like kind of ad- admiration for him and how he grew up to want to be the king of the pirates. So it's, it's nice because they're telling the origin story while they're telling this story. I appreciate that. And it's not like we're starting with the origin story and going linear and it's boring as shit. I like that they weave through timelines a little bit there and it keeps you on your toes just a little bit longer. So yeah, I think it's really good. I think for me, the standout so far has been, and again, I'm only a couple episodes in the standout for me besides Jeff Ward has been Emily Rudd uh, who plays Nami. I think she's been been awesome to, to watch. I love the, the retracting staff deal that she's got going on. I love kind of the look. I love the, the way she's got that attitude and and I, I think she's, been Oh, really, she's a little badass. Yeah. She's been a super fun character. So overall I have to say, while it again will not land on my list, I have been enjoying the show for sure. I'm glad to say that it's, it's, it's better than cowboy bebop. Yeah, it yeah. will not, it won't be on my, my worst of list. That's great. And I did also see that all the characters are dubbed by the original Japanese voice cast, Correct. except one actor. Correct. Now, Sam, if we were doing this podcast on a zoom call, and it was available on YouTube, and then our Zoom froze, and everybody would just see us frozen with silence. That would still be better than Cowboy Bebop. So, <laughs> I, I just, I just want to put that out into the ether. The Cowboy Bebop is just not very good. That's a very low bar. You have to be very good at Limbo to get under that one. Uh, but with the good news comes the bad. Unless you have any other things you want to say, I just want to say, guys, it's got an eighty-one percent of Rotten Tomatoes, and that's you know I'm probably at like a, a around the seven eight. 8.0. I thought it was good from coming from a guy who don't know the manga, didn't watch the anime, just jumping in blind. I enjoyed it. We'll we'll see if it gets signed for season two because I know this was a very expensive show. So here's the hoping. 8.8 on IMDb. So very, very much in line tracking. Usually IMDb is where things go to die um, in terms of ratings. I'd, I'd wonder what the rotten, what the tomato meter says with all the user reviews, but I don't know. I didn't check that one. Uh, But again, with the good news comes the bad. The bad news is, and this isn't the last time we're going to be talking about price hikes in this show. Disney Plus and Hulu are about to make massive, massive price hikes beginning October 12th. If you're not aware, if you've missed this and you are a Disney Plus and or Hulu subscriber or even the bundle because the bundle is affected. Disney Plus is going up three bucks a month. Insane. They're going to like, I think it's $14 or $15 a month now. They're going up $3 a month, and so is Hulu. Hulu's about to be $18 a month if you want it without ads. I cannot wait for Only Murders in the Building Season 3 to be done so I can cancel that service for the ninth time. This is an insane price hike. At least Netflix had the balls to do a dollar at a time uh, and to, to screw us over and eventually get there. Hulu and Disney are siphoning money, at least Disney Plus. Disney Plus is losing Disney, actively losing them money. So they had to make this move. But with the lack of content coming to the service and the lack of quality content, especially. Oh, God. And with them removing half of the shit we all liked without any warning. Bye bye, Mighty Ducks. Bye bye, Big Shot. Bye bye, that Ian movie with with uh, Brian Cranston. Bye bye, all of it. Three dollars a month like that is insanity. 
And I, again, I understand you're, you're trying to get back all the millions of people that drop, but I feel like people are also going to jump ship. Yeah, I get it. I see what you guys did. You raised it a week after Loki season two comes out. I see exactly what you guys did. But, you know, some people like I'm not hyped for Loki season two. Me neither. I'm at the point where I'm I could drop Disney at any moment. There's nothing on there right now for me. Yeah, I'm after the legacy yeah. content with the little girl. It's so good, but I, I can. Always, there's always ways. Yeah. You know, I again for to pay fifteen dollars or whatever it is going to be a month. It, it, it's it's not worth it. Unfortunately, Some, something's got to go. Unfortunately, it's still our number one most used service. To to a, a two year old and a four year old will do that to you. Yep. Um, so I'm stuck paying whatever they want to pay. I pay annually, so it doesn't hurt as bad to the wallet for me. Um, but I I get it. And uh, oh by the way. In 2024, Disney Plus is going to start down, cracking down on the password sharing like Netflix. So another reason to hate the service and to find even less value. But to your point, Loki Season 2 release date, October 6th. Coinciding with that, Amazon Prime's Invincible Season 2's release date, November 3rd. And Percy Jackson and the Olympians gets a two-episode release date coming to Disney Plus December 20th. So I know you said you're not hyped on Loki Season 2, but Invincible and Percy Jackson, I know, pique your interest. Yeah, I mean, Invincible, Christ, who basically waited two years. And you know, again, I Invincible, still the, the end credits of Episode 1, still that... Shocked me to no end. I still cannot believe that scene. And Percy Jackson Olympians. Yep, I read all the books. Big fan. It's a shame that the original movies, they didn't get that third one made. But yeah, I'm on board. December 20th, Christmas come early. Now let me take it here in gaming before we run out of time. PlayStation has very quietly raised the prices of PlayStation Plus by a massive amount beginning September 6th. Yeah, I almost feel like we just had this conversation with Disney Plus and Hulu. But uh, as of 5 o'clock today, I've canceled my uh, service. for. I saw your story. (laughs) I've canceled that service. I still have it till the literal end, the last day of the year. Um, But after this year is over, I am no longer a PlayStation Plus. There's just no value for me. I don't play online, and I don't care too much about the discounts because it's not worth it. Uh, all three tiers of PlayStation Plus on September 6th are getting raised by 40% or more. Like it's substantially mm. insane it's how disgusting. fast they're jacking up these prices. Same thing. You're going from zero to 60, brother. Like remember, Sony has stopped reporting, stopped reporting on their PlayStation Plus subscriber numbers. So they are getting demolished right now. And now you're going to remedy that by instead of adding value, they are jacking up the price of the service without adding anything additional. They're just making you pay more. There's nothing attractive about the price increase that "Mm, maybe I'll consider it. It's just, yeah, the same thing. We want more. The essentials, what we both have and what we both pay for, at least I do. I don't even know if you have PS Plus, uh, is going from $60 per year to $80 per year. The extra is going from $100 per year to $135 per year. And all you get there are some PS4 and PS5 titles when they feel like it. It's not day one releases like Game Pass or anything like that. Now, the premium, the $120 service where you get some PSP and PS1 and PS2 stuff, very little and very unattractive, by the way, it already didn't have that much value, is going from $120 to $160 per year. So some insane price hikes. Remember, Game Pass Ultimate very recently went from $15 to $17 per month as well, which equals, I think, about $205 per year. But with that, you at least get 
all the day one Xbox releases like Starfield and all the things that are coming out in just a couple of days and weeks and months here, Forza Horizon and all that shit. So like at least there's the value of day one. But again, I've canceled that too. I don't have Game Pass anymore. My play, my Xbox Series S is a brick. My PS5 oh. right now is useless. I play Mega Man 11 and Skater XL, both games <laughs> that are available on millions of other places. So I'm just not seeing the value. So I canceled. Uh, really, I think this is going to come back to bite Sony. They what the fuck? We don't we already don't know what we're going to play after Spider-Man. And now you're going to make us pay more for the same shit. That's a it's a really bad move. No, I, I totally agree. I think I did have it. I think at the time it was a special. I think it was like 40 bucks for the year. But I don't think they're going to auto-queue me. But I will double-check because if they do try to do that shit, I will cancel them immediately. They I am usually not do. When you sign up for a promo, they usually jack you when it's over. So I would definitely check that. Um, it took me 10 seconds to cancel. They actually didn't hide it or make it hard. You just sign in on Sony's website on like the PlayStation Store on your phone. You just go to subscriptions and it's all right there and you can cancel big button that says cancel. They don't even try game pass makes it a bitch. This one, I have to give Sony credit for canceling. They made it easy for me. Well, let's keep it on PlayStation. PlayStation's project Q is officially called PlayStation portal. Yeah. So or PSP for sure. I was going to say, sounds like the PSP. <laughs> what the hell is that? Why? What are you doing? You already have it's a the PSP. It's the PSP too. You already have a PSP and now you're making a DualSense switch and you're calling it the PSP and it's going to cost the same as a PSP did, I'm pretty sure. $200 and it'll launch November 15th. So if you were looking for that, again, I love the idea of this machine. It sounds so cool. A nice little cross-play, Wi-Fi only, streaming, switch-like device it has form and function out of a PS5, but it is only cloud-based. It's cool. $200, not cool. Um, I yeah, think I said that on here before. Anything above two is a death sentence, and two is already flirting with it. Um, and also, I've, there have been a lot of people that have gotten it in their hands for preview events, and everybody has said the design of this thing fucking sucks. It is literally a dual sense with a switch screen in the middle and it makes no sense. And it feels super weird to have them eight inches apart from each other, the the sticks, and it just doesn't feel great. Um, and it's kind of clunky, but at the same time, a $200 way to play your PS five off cam off TV in the comfort of your own house or wherever you get Wi-Fi. If you're a hardcore PlayStation player, that's not the worst. So uh, make your decision. You have about two, months two and a half months to do so yeah no thank you i missed this one so i'm looking forward to hear what you say we have the super mario wonder direct recap yeah they had a 15 minute direct this morning about super mario brothers wonder specifically about the game and only the game it was a 15 minute or i should say 14 minute and 30 second trailer followed by 30 seconds of the most underwhelming announcement they are bringing a super mario bros switch oled to life and it's in mario red Sounds cool, but it is literally just painted red. There, There's nothing beautiful on the front. There's no cool artwork. There's nothing on the Joy-Con, no logo, no nothing. On the back of the dock, there's a little Mario etch. And then when you take the dock off to help plug in your wires, there's hidden coin power-ups that you can see in there. And like, why are you putting that on the back of the console where literally nobody can see it? Uh, yeah. So it's just a red OLED. It's super weird, and I will thankfully pass on that that sounds like you have a lot of oleds in stock you're gonna repaint them and we're waiting for the switch too 
but the game looks great. There's there's no reason to to go into it. It's 15 minutes. You can go watch the presentation wherever you want. Uh, but the levels look phenomenal. You can play as Mario, Luigi, Peach, Daisy, two different Toads. Uh, what else? Uh, Toadette, four different colors of Yoshi and Nabbit. Um, all of them play the same. So you kind of get to play as just with the character you want, except for Yoshi and Nabbit, who are kind of the easy mode. Yoshi and Nabbit can't take damage. Um, so it's definitely for like the younger, more inexperienced players, but they can die if you fall into a pit. So at least it's not like automatically they get saved and it's just, you know, easy mode. And then they announced something like badges. You can equip Mario with a power up, like a badge in the beginning of a level and you can only do one of them, but it's like a call of duty perk loadout. You can equip him with a, uh, uh, oh my God, what's it called? Like a, where you shoot something out of like a gun and it clings to the wall and then you go to the wall. I can't think of the name. Like a grapple. Thank you. Oh my God. Yeah. You can do a (laughs) grapple. You can do a grapple hook. You can do a double jump. You can do a dolphin kick underwater. You can do a safety jump. You can do a constant run. You can do a whole bunch of different badges. You can equip one per, uh, like I said, one per level. You can change it out. There's online play. It's actually really a really unique way of getting around Nintendo's horrible online service. Instead of playing the same level with your friends in the same game, you're all playing the same level in single player online against each other with your ghosts and you can help each other out by reviving each other, this, that, and the other. So while you're not co-oping the same level, you're all playing it single player. You're playing it single player together, helping yourselves. You can share power-ups and do oh, all these nice. cool things. So there's a unique, there are two unique things about this game that have never been in a Mario Brothers uh, 2D side-scroller before. Um, it's, it's just going to be phenomenal. It's going to be bonkers. I'm so excited. October 20th, the red OLED did nothing for me, but the rest, this game looks great. The first Pokemon Scarlet and Violet DLC will be available September 13th. Yeah. The teal mask is getting a much earlier than anticipated release date. There was a Pokemon presents that went over this and they gave us more trailers And uh, we're going to have it in our hands in just two weeks. So the next time we record, I will have my impressions of part one of the DLC. Mew and Mewtwo are now in Scarlet and Violet. Yeah, everybody gets a free Mew. You just have to go online and put in the mystery gift code, like your, your own Mew or something, and then you get a free Mew. But every Mew has a different type. So you get your own like special Mew. And it's kind of cool because your Mew is not going to be the same as my Mew. My Mew, I got fucked. I got flying type. I, I, <laughs> I my no, mind sucks. He, I don't want he's already in the box. I, uh, I have enough terror shards to change into a different type, but I don't care uh, at all about my Mew. I do love Mew, but I have my Mew from Pokeball plus, uh, let's go Pikachu and Eevee. So I have a couple Mews. I'm excited about that, but Mewtwo, a terror raid battle starting right now, um, actually two hours from the time I say these words, it is starting by the time you hear it. It's now is going for like two weeks. I think it is. You battle Mewtwo level 100 mightiest Mark Scarlet and Violet terror rates. And if you use Mew and some other supporters and you work together and kind of use your Mews in conjunction, you have a better chance of bringing down Mewtwo. You can only catch them one time, but to have Mewtwo available in Scarlet and Violet. Very cool. So if you're like me and love the original Mew and Mewtwo combo, Great opportunity to add them to your roster right now in Scarlet and Violet. The Plucky Squire is delayed to 2024. This was my most anticipated non 
Nintendo non uh, Spider-Man game out there. It doesn't matter what year we're talking about. Like this is it right up there with Bioshock four. If that's ever going to get fucking announced. Uh, it's it's the game by James Turner, who was the art director for Pokemon for years and created was like the first non-Japanese person to create a Pokemon, which I believe was Vanillite. Um, but yeah, anyway, like this game looks so much fun. The blend of 2D, 3D, 2.5D platforming and all the other genres. Digital Devolver did delay it to next year. But at least I can say this. This year has been so packed and will continue to be so packed with Mario RPG and Mario Wonder and Spider-Man 2. That if you want to move this game to next year, cool. I have so many other things. I haven't gamed in a while, but I am very much looking forward to this November, like this winter fall when I can dive back into some games, some new ones. Yeah, I'll wait on the Plucky Squire. THQ Nordic has announced South Park Snow Day coming to PS5, Xbox Series, and PC. Dude, a new South Park game. How awesome. How cool. Oh, it's a multiplayer online game. Ouch. Pass. Yeah, it's very much in the vein of like the old N64 games, which are just so weird and so much fun and not fun at all. Uh, I was hoping for a different um, experience here. I, I, yeah. yeah, right. Exactly. A game. Uh, I was a big fan of the two RPGs, especially Fractured Butthole. Um, or no, I'm sorry. Especially Stick of Truth, Fractured Butthole. Good, not as great. But this uh, hard pass for me just specifically because I couldn't care less about multiplayer shit. I can't play multiplayer anymore because I don't have any more of those subscription services to do it. Mm-hmm. Hard pass. Next year, we got the Arkham Collection will release on the Nintendo Switch October 13th. No, Zencaster. Alert. Need more recording time? Upgrade your account. No, I'm going to do this in five minutes. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Uh, yeah, this is more FYI stuff. Yeah, Arkham Collection, we finally got the release date. First three games. All the DLC, October 13th. Cannot wait to see how this game performs on the Switch because I can already yeah. tell it might be a little It's going to be garbage. Well, they made Doom run, so you never know. I could be pleasantly surprised. I would imagine not, though. <laughs> Borderlands 3 gets a surprise Nintendo Switch edition that launches October 6th. For 60 why do we do this? It takes four years to get a game on the Switch, and by the time we do it, it's irrelevant, and we're still going to charge full price. Nintendo. Full price, get out. And then get Gearbox. The it's really Gearbox. I, I've learned that actually it's the publisher and Nintendo that set the price, not Nintendo. I learned this when Rocksteady announced, or I'm sorry, Rockstar announced Red Dead Redemption coming to Switch, which is an Xbox 360 game, and it got a full price release 10 years later, uh, 12 even, I think. Um, that it's not 100% Nintendo, however, still very dumb. Borderlands 3, another game where I'm wondering how it's going to run. $60. By the way, Gearbox's uh, 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 like parent company, Embracer, just laid off a shit ton of people at Gearbox today. So sorry to hear about that as you just announced a new $60 freaking Switch version of a five-year-old game. Get out of here with this. I love Borderlands. I'm I'm skipping it. Sonic Superstars release date, October 17th. We finally got one. I've been waiting for a release date for this, except it's three days before Mario Wonder and three days before Spider-Man 2. What are you doing? I did learn, however, that on October 23rd, I will be doing a week out in Seattle for work, and that's a six and a half hour flight out of Philly. So I will be buying Superstars. That way I can have that and Mario Wonder on the flights and for the hotel. So yes, 
am I mad that it's close to wonder? Uh-huh. Am I happy because I get something to do on the plane in the hotels? Absolutely. Sign me up. I cannot wait for Sonic Superstars. The Game Awards will air December 7th through the Oh, will air December 7th, the 10-year anniversary of the show. Again, more FYI. Expect some world premieres, expect it to be too long, expect it to be too hyped, but it'll have some good stuff. And the last story we have in gaming, Spider-Man 2 will be just under 100 gigabytes. 98 gigs. There's a 600, I think, limit on your PS5 if you haven't upgraded the external storage. Start deleting stuff now. It's going to take some time. Sam, we got three minutes. What would you think of the new record for Bearings? Best part about being human. Bearings? Again, they, they hit it out of the park, man. They they are so catchy. Yeah. And the, cra- the crazy part is we interviewed them backstage and then saw them live i know they're coming to philly again in september i yeah. don't think i'll be able to make it unfortunately but we'll see maybe because they are headlining it so that would be cool to see but i again i shouldn't be surprised that that i love the record but i am yeah blue in the dark is a phenomenal first lp hello it's you good not great they released too many songs off of it i've talked about that in the past yeah best part about being human is phenomenal it's almost just as good as uh blue in the dark slip is my favorite bearing song. Thankfully, they did release that as a single ahead of time. I can't tell you how much I love it. I love it. I absolutely freaking love it. Don't want to forget about it. Go long. Ocean dream. How are you a freak? Slip. And I want to heal all amazing songs. Oh, yeah. I, I like scenery. You didn't like scenery. Huh? No, I don't like scenery. I, I don't really like gone. So gone. I actually didn't like the singles almost at all up until slip slip kind of saved it for me. Put this back. It is entrenched right now as my number three record of the year. Uh, so it's absolutely well, well worth your time, money, and investment. Um, love it. Super fun. Can't wait until the end of the year when we talk our top three favorite albums. Bearings, my boys, you've done it again. And one more quick thing. Me and Kelly, we did see our boy, Vinny Caruana, The Movie Life, perform the album 40 Hour Train Back to Penn at the Underground Arts in Philly. And they were fantastic. They played the album front to back. Sailor Tattoos talk, taking it out and chopping it up. And all the other hits from all their EPs that you want to possibly hear. And they ended it with uh, Why Won't You Die Soon, which is like a 16-second little script, which is hilarious. Then as soon as it was done, we ran out the door. But again, it was great to see them live. I only saw the one, one band before them with like two or three songs, and they popped on. It's like they never left. Him and Brandon Riley, they, they were fantastic, and... I was glad I was finally able to say I could see I could see the album front to back, 40-hour train back to Ben. That's it. We made it. Whew, just by the skin of our teeth, we are out of here. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us this month. We made it just over an hour. And again, uh, sorry for speed running through it. However, we had to do what we had to do. Uh, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. We will see you next month for September 2020.